This is the Russian dynamite Masha Slamovich. Becca here. This is not America's sweetheart Davian. It's Billy Starks and the super fly guy Trayvon Jordan. This is the fly side flyer Jalen Brandon. Hardcore princess Jules Malone. Hi there, this is the bubblegum princess Alexia Nicole. This is the Brazilian Wonder Woman Christy Jane. This is the baddest black belt Chennai Kai. This is Kid Bandit. The smash hit Joel Bateman. This is Robin Renegade. Cody Hawk. Brutal Bob Evans. And you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment, one of my favorite podcasts in the whole wide world. This is Rich King representing the hottest group in all of Canadian professional wrestling, the R to the H, the tiny little Z, the Rads, and you're listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. It's Wrestling With Entertainment, the only audio experience on the web today. The trusted choice for interviewing all your favorite wrestlers every Tuesday and Wednesday on YouTube and CastBox. Sponsored by Rogue Energy and Player One Coffee. And of course your host, James J. And it is a great day for wrestling because we are wrestling with Rich King. Hey, 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 what's going on everybody? How are you, Rich? I am doing fan-freaking-tastic, James. How about yourself? I am good as well. I'm feeling more rad now that uh, you are in my presence. Yeah, you should. I'm one of the raddest mans on the planet, you know? And how? when is the next time people will feel more rad in your presence as well? Well... In Edmonton, they got a big dose of Rich King coming right up. On the 23rd of the month, I'll be at the Norwood Legion for RCW. And then on the 29th, the end of the month, the last Friday of every month, LPW live in the rec room, one you do not want to miss. And if you're not in Edmonton, you can check it out on Twitch as well. Just check out Love Wrestling online. But you can also keep up to date with everything else I'm doing on my social media at RK underscore wrestling and an awesome YouTube page at Tales from the Undercard. And you don't even have to go looking for it. All of the links to all his social media will be in the description of the video below for on YouTube and Castbox. Fantastic. Smart man. Yes. We'd like to uh, help our guests whenever we, we can. Um, oh, much appreciated. Now, uh, you mentioned that you work for Love Pro Wrestling and Real Canadian Wrestling. Can you tell us about your relationship with those companies? Well, you know, those are kind of my two home uh, bases, if you will, right now. Uh, LPW operating on a monthly basis. RCW operating uh, throughout the month all over Alberta, sometimes venturing into Saskatchewan. But, you know, I'm always open to broadening my horizon with more companies. I've worked for uh, BEW recently, uh, Can-Am over the past, uh, I guess, a few months ago now, uh, as well as MPW and various, and CWE, I can't forget, throughout Saskatchewan and Manitoba. So uh, always open to new promotions. But, yeah, LPW and RCW are kind of the two home bases right now. They're operating out of Edmonton and uh, – and I'm pretty happy with the situation. Well, you, Larry, and I believe Mitch as well, uh, you work for 
exclusively another promotion before jumping to Love Pro Wrestling and um, a real Canadian, correct? Yes, that is correct. So actually, me, Mitch, T.Y., Larry, and our lovely manager, Judge Ben, uh, all came from a promotion called Monster Pro Wrestling here in Edmonton. Uh, we all came up through the ranks there, uh, trained there to get our feet wet into the industry, and uh, eventually moved on to the uh, LPW and RCW loop. Now, you, you and Larry have been, and T.Y. as well, you've been collecting championships wherever you go, every single promotion. <laughs> but, you know, the one that sticks out to me the most is Love Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions. Not only did you capture those tag championships, you were the inaugural champions. You held them for 209 days. What did it mean to you to be the first champions of, you know, one of the most, most, one of the hottest up and coming promotions today? You know, there's a lot that goes into that answer. Obviously, it's a loaded question. There's lots that goes into it. But, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, um, we worked really hard to get to that position, and at the time, I felt it was really deserved. Uh, you know, we've busted our asses uh, through all of Alberta, through Saskatchewan. Uh, we've made some some fairly small and skeezy towns into uh, and given our all to them. You know, like absolutely performed lights out every opportunity that we get, and I felt like it was well deserved. But of course, like. You feel honored and privileged to even be in that opportunity, to have that opportunity, and to be given the ball with the, the tag team division in Love Wrestling. And I feel like we very much elevated those titles for the time that we had them. Do we want them again? Absolutely. But uh, we also have some other business we have to take care of there. But I know for both Larry and myself, it was a huge honor. But, you know, like, uh, the like, us as a collective, the Rads, like, we all cheer, cheer for each other. So these titles are just as much like mine and Larry's as they are T.Y., Mitch's, or Ben's. Like, one of our successes is all of our successes, and that's how it's always going to be. Well, because it was a big match with a lot of big names in it. Um, mm -hmm. was, was you able to take in that moment in that moment, or was, did it kind of set in afterwards? Uh, you know, I wish I would have taken more time in that moment to appreciate the moment. Uh, like you said, there were some big teams in that. Uh, Paralera, which we've wrestled multiple times with uh, B-Rat and Sheik, um, Ride or Die with Stephen Crow and TFA, who are doing big things in Western Canada. Then, of course, the Bollywood Boys, who are known internationally through their time at WWE, through their um, appearances on AEW as well. Um, so... I, I wish I would have taken more time in the moment to actually appreciate what we had. Um, I, I don't think it's still fully set in. I think once I actually retire and look back at everything, I'll have more appreciation for that moment. Uh, but right now I'm just so focused on like, what's the next thing I can do? How can I move forward? What's the next big moment that I can have? So uh, it's almost uh, a blessing and a curse where it's like, okay, we checked that box. Uh, what's next? 
You know, it's always going to what's next. What's the next big thing to do? Uh, so I, I don't think it's fully set in in my own mind. And that happened, like you said, like nearly a year ago yeah. at this point. But, uh, but yeah, it's been a hell of a ride. And, like, I appreciate it, but I don't think I appreciate it as much as I will when I sit back in my old retirement chair and uh, look back at my career. Larry and Mitch and Rockin' Show beside you. <laughs> the rad's for life. You know, T.Y. will have to take care of us because he's the young buck, but uh, we'll all have our, our old man rocking chairs. Well, you know, it's a you did hold those championships for an impressive 209 days. Um, that being said, do you blame James Storm for losing the titles? <laughs> no, I can't blame James Storm for losing the titles. It wasn't his fault. See, we, uh, we, we came to a forced realization that we had to be good guys. I mean, it wasn't up to us, but it was really um, up to the courts. But right. James just really gave us some, some awesome advice there. Uh, and it all would have worked, too, if it wasn't that for that dastardly son of a gun, uh, Thaddeus Archer III, who decided to distract Larry when we had the, the match won. And unfortunately, that cost us not only the match, but a pair of championships around our waist. So uh, I believe that officially began what's now known as Sad Rad Spring, unfortunately. Yes. But James, James, is, a, James is a hell of a guy. Now, um, let's... Let's get into it, Rustler's Court. It didn't seem <laughs> like, um, you know, it was in your favor from the beginning, considering that your lawyer was not exactly on your side. <laughs> you know, I would say it was against our favor the entire time, but yes, uh, our lawyer's our lawyer was very interchangeable with the prosecutor, so yes. we weren't even sure if it was uh, if it was Thickness or Mars that was really representing us there. Hell, they, I think they switched a few times, if I'm honest with you, which, uh, you know, legal ramifications being what they are. Um, unfortunately, what, ha what occurred at Wrestler's Court felt like a big tragedy for us. Uh, what, what we loved and what got us to the dance was essentially stripped away. Uh, what once we could have bent the rules to our desire has now become uh, um, a land of following the rules and being cheered by fans. And don't get me wrong, it's, it's enjoyable to be cheered by fans, but it's also fun to, uh, to bend the rules every now and then. Being nice isn't necessarily in my blood. So it was, uh, it was a bit of a tragedy, but uh, they had a good lineup of um, testimonies against us. Uh, if we ever get our actual hearing about um, our rebuttal and bring some testimonies of our own, I think there will be new light shed upon the case. But for the time being, this is what we have. And, I mean, you really took being a baby face to heart. Um, you know, you, you saved off the beard and mustache. Um, you're helping grandmas cross the street, recycling Drawing your gum in the trash. Um, was that a part of the, the court mandate or was it, is it solely in the ring? <laughs> See, I assumed that it was part of the mandate, but I've been 
told through um, experience, as you saw in the last tales from the undercard, my beard was shaved off. Um, that being a baby face is not a literal term. You do not need to have a baby face. So that was uh, one misconception that I had about the uh, the entire situation. Um, the second part was more to, you know, practice outside of the ring what we would need to do inside of the ring. So, you know, helping little old ladies across the road, holding doors open for people, uh, picking up some garbage when you see it on the ground, you know, just everyday tasks that I found incredibly difficult, but it just helps hone that, uh, that, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess, you know, the word's not coming to me. Um, it kind of helps you. Goddamn. Being, being a, a, a baby face in life is kind of... My instincts. Yes. My instincts. That's what I was looking for, sir. There you go. Yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a very big challenge. I think the rest of the guys are having a much easier time uh, because they are genuinely nicer human beings. Um, I'm a bit of an asshole, if you don't know that about me. Uh, so being a babyface has been an incredibly hard task. Um, I've been able to just be an asshole for uh, the last couple of years of my career, and unfortunately, um, that has all come crumbled down on me. Well, um, luckily, it's only in the Edmonton area. You did have um, a chance to go to, I believe, Saskatoon um, and, you know, be the rich king you that you instinctively can be. Correct? Let the pe it's letting people have the real rich king, you know? Like, people people pay to see the real rich king. They don't, they don't pay to see rich king helping grandmas across the road. Yeah. Let's get back to, um, you know, your title reign. Um, one of the names that, you know, you beat in the tournament was the Bollywood Boys. Then you went on to have um, a singles tag match with them. Um, you know, honestly, like you even said it, big names. Um, and, you know, things could get a little messy in a, a, a four-way match. But what was the experience like? going one-on-one -on -one with the Bollywood Boys. Yeah, it was one thing to, to face off against them in a four-way match. It was a completely other one to have a, a singles match with them. Um, so that experience was something that, like, it, I, I was able to take a lot out of. I've lear I learned a lot from wrestling the Bollywood Boys. Uh, I wish we had a little bit more time with them so that we could really pick their brain and, uh, and set things off in the match a little bit more smooth. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, mishaps in there. Um, they they really didn't like Larry for some reason, so they beat the crap out of him. Um, they really garbed him good, but uh, that that was minor. That was minor. Um, but yeah, the the experience of working with them in general was just so good because obviously they're so smooth from their time in WWE, in their times through the indie independence. Like they're one of the busiest teams right now that I see out there. Uh, they're all over the place, and uh, I would love to step in the ring with them again uh, if that were to happen. And, uh, again, we're so far, we're 2-0 and against them, so I want to make that a nice 3-0 and and make sure that we get the hat trick there. Okay. 
Now we've been we've already talked about them a lot. Um, can you tell us about your relationship with your stablemates in the Rads? Larry Woods, T.Y. Jackson, Mitch Clark, Judge Ben. Oh, those are some of my best friends, uh, not only in wrestling, but just in life. Like, uh, what, what you see in the wrestling ring is what you see when we're backstage, what you see when we're driving together, when we hang out together outside of wrestling. You know, we, me and Larry, we go for beers sometimes. Me, Ben, and T.Y. will go shoot hoops. We'll go over to Mitch's, watch some movies, uh, have different meals together, pick each other's brains, and just kind of help each other um, get out of our, our own way, number one, but also just make sure that we have a level head and that we keep pushing. One of the big things that was established early on and one of the reasons why we all came together was really that we wanted more. We wanted to establish ourselves as like high-end wrestlers, not only in Alberta, but all of Canada. So like we've, we've worked our way up Alberta. We definitely have some room to go, but I think that when people think Alberta wrestling, they, they put the rads up there. Um, you know, that's, that's my way of thinking about it. So now it's time to get people thinking about us in Saskatchewan, in Manitoba, in BC, in Ontario, in Quebec, and even beyond those borders, you know, just keep growing, keep expanding. But uh, if you're looking for more individual relationships, I can definitely break that down for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I think right off the hop, um, like, I, when I first got started with wrestling, like, I, I was a little older when I got started, but uh, in MPW, there, there's a wide range of individuals uh, with all different types of backgrounds. And being with more of a fitness background myself, uh, I really gravitated towards Mitch when I first started. Uh, you know, he was a professional fighter. Uh, he had been with the company for probably um, a year to eight-ish months, I believe it was. Um, so really gravitated towards him. We really got along just because we're both very athletic people, obviously him being a, a world-class athlete on there just kind of working together and trying to pick each other's brains. Um, we were both fairly young in the business, so we kind of came in together. Uh, I met Larry probably at my first show. He was injured at the time. I don't even think he probably remembers this. But we were at uh, a bar show. It was my very first battle royal, very first time in front of a crowd. And um, I, I was able to just kind of chat with him for probably like, 15, 20 minutes, really just kind of introduced each myself to him. Uh, I didn't see him a lot, but when he came back, we actually uh, developed a really good relationship. We have very similar interests, both inside and outside of wrestling. Um, and the three of us kind of came together pretty quickly. Uh, Larry and Mitch were a tag team for a while. I was uh, kind of my own my own singles competitor. So then we, uh, we started making trips out of town, and then we were on another trip, and Ben hopped in the car with us. He was a referee at MPW. Um, so our relationship started to build. I'd say, like, me and Ben really started becoming friends, like, right before the pandemic. Like, we really kind of bonded. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys to talk wrestling with because he has such a vast knowledge, especially of independent wrestling. Um, TY, I needed to take, I needed uh, a little bit of time to start to like, <laughs> I'll be completely honest and it's nothing against him. It's just different personalities, right? We grew up in, in different times. So there was a little bit of an adjustment period, but once I actually got to know him, once he kind of got to know my personality, how we approach or how I approach things, 
I think we got along much better. Not to say that there was like any beef between us by any means. It was just like he was a guy at wrestling practice. I was a guy at wrestling practice. We didn't really interact that much. We, we would do a couple things here and there. I knew he could wrestle pretty well. I feel like I could wrestle pretty well. Um, but really we started to talk a lot more as he jumped in the car with us as well. I think he was a lot closer to Ben and Mitch at the time. And then that just kind of gradually progressed there. And now I have to say like TY, I probably talked to TY the most at this point, uh, whether it's through messaging or just at shows or just, you know, pitching different ideas and, and going back and forth with that. Um, there was a long period of time in monster pro wrestling where, Kind of near the end, we just kind of stuck together and we really tried to help each other grow um, in a situation where, you know, our growth was kind of capped for a better word, for for less better word, I should say. Um, But yeah, we really came together and like uh, if it wasn't for us being paired together as a tag team in RCW, there was a good chance that none of us would have probably got paired together in uh, LPW long-term as well, or this variation of the RADs would have looked much, much different uh, based off of our early days in RCW. So all those guys are, are like brothers to me, man. They're, they're great. I, I am very thankful I came into wrestling with those, with those guys. Now, uh, that being said, what's a pet peeve about all of them that you just don't understand? Oh, God, a pet peeve. Um, Larry is a walking pet peeve, <laughs> but I absolutely love him. I, it's hard to explain. Everything he does just pisses me off somehow. <laughs> but uh, he's just one of my go-to guys. He's one of my best friends. Um, Larry and his dirty coffees is always uh, is always a pet peeve or uh, his, his broken-ass legs that always tend to – fall apart anytime there's streamers. Hold on. Uh, drinking coffee? What's that? You said drinking coffee? No, he has these dirty coffees that he always gets at at the Love Wrestling Show. He walks in like this, like a weird uncle with with his mustache, his long hair, and this uh, like literal cup of coffee that he's carrying to the ring. And it's one of the, the craziest things you see in wrestling, but so simple, but just weird because everybody else comes in with like a Tim Hortons or Starbucks cup and he'll come in with a literal cup of coffee that could spill everywhere given the wrong situation. Okay. continue. So, so Larry has that. He, he has these little quips. He'll get really mad about something out of nowhere that's almost meaningless and then shit shrug off like the most serious things. I, I love Larry to death, but sometimes I just want to throttle the kid. Um, TY, my pet peeve for TY would probably be anytime he introduces a new like phrase or saying. So because he's so young, he's hip and up to the times. And, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to be that as well. So anytime he starts saying a different phrase or a different um, word for something, it always irritates the shit out of me because I'm a grumpy old man now, uh, despite my best efforts. Um, what bugs me about Ben? There's not much that bugs me about Ben, to be honest. Um, you know what? This is going to sound kind of silly, but his insecurity is a pet peeve to mine. 
he uh, he seems like he doesn't realize how good he is, which is a good thing. But also, I think he needs to take a bit more credit for what he does inside the ring. He's one of the the best refs I've ever had. I always look forward to having matches with him as a ref. Uh, and then even his work as a manager, he's shown like a huge growth in himself. So my pet peeve for Ben is actually like a really nice one. Uh, he's listening to this, so kiss his buddy. Uh, and then Mitch, my, my pet peeve about Mitch is that he's not around as much as I would like to see him. <laughs> Um, he's a busy guy. He, he has a lot on the go and, uh, he, he's in a different place with his, with his life and he has a number of different aspirations and projects. So I wish I got to see Mitch more, especially on the road, but, uh, but I know I, I understand it and, uh, yeah, it's just more wanting to see more of the guys. So those are my little pet peeves about everybody. Now everybody's going to be mad at me and, uh, it's all your fault, James. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this uh, interview is recorded in America, which is not in the jurisdiction of Edmonton. So that means that Holy you, shit. So that means that you could be the real genuine Rich King. Holy shit. Okay, well let's fire this up then. <laughs> no baby I face. didn't realize that. No baby face Rich King tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 sir. We're we're taking the gloves off then. No, the one thing I, I did find interesting about the Raj was, you know, when you team with Larry, you're teaming with Larry. When you're teaming with Ty, you're teaming with Ty. It does. It didn't necessarily seem like you you guys really enforced the freeboard rule when it came to the titles. No. Um, we had every intention to, the, the problem with the freebird rule is that all of that, like if any, like, let's say for example, if Larry was missing from a show because me and Larry are champions, absolutely TY would step in. But the problem is we're fighting champions. So we show up, we show up to wrestle every single time. So if it's me and Larry that need to defend these titles, then it's me and Larry that need to defend these titles. You know, like when me and Larry were champions, you know, TY was, was well, he is still on his quest to reclaim what should be his in the LPW Grand Championship. Um, but he was also in scramble matches. He was making a name for himself as a single competitor. But you know, like when it comes to the titles, it, it's not necessarily that we don't want to free bird them. It's that all of us have our own individual goals. You know, like Mitch is Mitch is the RCW Heavyweight Champion right now, so it doesn't make sense for him to jump into. Me and Larry's tag team. TY's working towards the um, the RCW Commonwealth and Heritage and all the other championships that come along with it. Possibly even Hardcore Championship. I, I think he's mentioned that a few times, uh, that he's really interested in that. So, you know, it, it's not the fact that we don't want to. It's just the opportunity never arose. So okay. we couldn't necessarily freebird the championships, but you'll see it on almost every show that somebody's not on you know you'll you'll see me and ty tag up one night then you'll see ty and larry tag up then you'll see larry and mitch tag up then you'll see ty and mitch tag up then you'll see me and larry and, and it just keeps going on like that uh, but right now just with uh, the season that the rads are in me and larry tend to be a little bit more of the consistent tag team but like me and ty have held titles together mitch and larry have held tag titles together so it's it's not that we can't work in different unisons and different team factions, 
but uh, it's just the opportunities, man. I got you. We're just waiting for those Quattro titles to come out. <laughs> now, um, is Ava Lawless a part of the Rads? No, no, no. Ava's, Ava's not a part of Rads. Uh, she was a Rads placement. Um, she definitely didn't turn down the opportunity, that's for sure. Um, we made the call, you know, we, we said that, uh, not, not a good fit, just not, not allowed. Well, that being said, will there be in the future a female member of the Reds? You know, we've talked about this a lot, about a female member of the Reds. Um, there is a high bar to what we're looking for. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of female wrestlers in general, so... Uh, we don't want to just pick to have a female to have a female, but they have to get along with all of us the same way that we get along with each other. So that's a long road for whoever would possibly be in there. Um, but definitely not opposed to the idea. Uh, it just needs to be the right circumstance, the right person, and um, and the right time and place, man. Anything's possible. No, um... Watching the first season of um, Tales from the Undercard, um, it was very heavy on Dean Richter. Was he almost a part of the Reds? Our relationship with Daddy Dean has been quite confusing, even to myself over the years. <laughs> um, you know, at, at first, at first, we were kind of a loose association, you know, we, we weren't really a team, but like we really were helping him in every aspect that we could, um, you know, looking for his approval. And then that, then he kind of disappeared on us a little bit. Uh, and then he came back and started trying to beat us up again. So it, it's been a hot or cold situation with Daddy Dean, and uh, we're, we're still trying to figure out where everything lays there. I, I he, he, he isn't Rad's material, but he's, he, he's an interesting, I, I like him, but I also kind of hate him. I get that. Mostly because he just didn't give us our, our just due when we wanted it. Right. And then, uh, you know, the rats formed and, you know, skyrocketed it. Yeah, you know, we skyrocketed to the top, and I, th I think I think Daddy Dean was a little bit jealous, actually, when he came back, and he saw all the success that us guys were having together and, and all the fun we were having together, and he's like, no, I'm not going to have any fun. I'm going to be a dick. So he's been a dick to us, but, like, he'll, he'll always be Daddy Dean to me. Now, uh, bringing up the controversial stuff, uh-oh, controversy. True or false? Mars the Special Guest named you the Rads. Oh, that's false for sure. That's I don't know who the hell gave you that information, Mars. but it definitely was not Mars. Mars gave you that information. Mars gave me that information. <laughs> Where did he even come up with that? Is this on? Is this on recording? Yes. Um, it's with. Uh, February episode interview with him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, how do you feel about swearing on your show? Uh, say whatever the fuck you want. 
Perfect. That ginger-haired little fuck doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about because he is just another jealous little man that wishes that he could have been rad like us. I've had problems with Mars since the day he's come into wrestling. And it's not ending anytime soon. It can be by himself. It can be with the Mars bar. It can be with the Mars bar that is TJ Cannon. Or it could be seven. <laughs> There's just no part of me that likes that Cabbage Patch Kid Mars. Nobody talks more shit and can't reach the top shelf than Mars the Specialist. I mean, how do you feel about Reed Matthews? Because it kind of feels like you don't like him just because of the association with Mars, or at least that you can't tell them apart. Oh, no, I love, I, I love Reed Matthews. He, he's great. Uh, he, the thickness, uh, just, just a great guy, great competitor. He, he kicks ass, takes names. The, the issue I have is that I can't tell them apart. So one of them I really like. One of them I really just despise with every fiber in my body. And that's probably what pisses me off the most is that I can't tell them apart. So you're saying that it was unintentional when you kidnapped the thickness. Yeah, that was a big mistake. That was uh, that was our bad. We didn't mean it. Um, if 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 thickness is listening to this, um, I'd say we're sorry. But I mean, I'm I'm allowed to be healed, so I'll be honest. I'm not. You know, it was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, honest mistake. You know, we we thought we got Mars. We had him hook, line, and sinker in our trap, and. Uh, and somehow it wasn't him. So that's that's our bad. But, uh, you know, we got him eventually. We, we beat him up eventually. So that's always fun. That's fun for me. That's what I look forward to in wrestling is hitting Mars. Well, keeping on the topic of Mars, um, you and T.Y. beat Mars, the specialist, and Fandango in a match. Um, what was that experience like being in the ring with uh, Fandango? First of all, you're goddamn right that we beat them. Absolutely. Uh, secondly, being in the ring with Fandango, that was the first opportunity and probably like probably just one of those moments that you kind of sit back and realize like betting on ourselves kind of paid off in this sense. But uh, being in the ring with Fandango just showed the the upper echelon of the levels that you can go to. Like Again, all respect to Fandango, but uh, it's not like he was top of the card in WWE. Mm -hmm. But he was in WWE for a number of years. He's a fantastic talent. Might have been like, it might have been the gimmick. It might have been something else. But he's just an amazing performer. But uh, but it just showed just a, a whole other level that we've never been associated with. So being able to pick his brain a bit and hear kind of the advice that he's gotten that he passed down to us. Like, I'll be honest, it didn't seem like he was in the greatest of moods initially when we were starting to put everything together. Uh, but the fact that me and T.Y., especially together, were so willing to just do goofy, play-along stuff with his gimmick, I think that really helped in our favor. And you could tell that he was starting to warm up a little bit more to the ideas that we had and a little bit of the more comedic spots. Because I think everybody that he wrestled up to that point was really trying to get a, a big heavy lifting match, you know? And 
and just having some fun going out there and giving the fans kind of what they wanted. I, I felt like it was uh, it was a great experience. It, it felt like a defining moment for me and TY where we felt like it's like, okay, we can do this. We can keep up with somebody at this level. Um, but it just gave us that taste of wanting more. But it, it was such a great experience to be in there against uh, Dirty Dango. I mean, okay. and, and really, yeah. and, and I'll be honest, like, you know, our, our moniker of touching hips, shaking hips, and uh, winning championships, the shaking hip parts, that really came from wrestling Fandango. Mm. We, we really wouldn't have started doing our little uh, hip twirl thing or hip thrusts, whatever you want to call them, shaking our hips, if it wasn't for that match. So that's kind of been like uh, a little Easter egg the whole time through. So that was like a somewhat of a defining moment in your career, so to speak. Absolutely. Anytime you can step in the ring with somebody who's made it to that stage that he did uh, is a defining moment in your career, for sure. It was the same feel. Like, again, I got the same feeling when I was stepping in the ring with the Bollywood boys. Um, or even when I was managing T.Y. against John Morrison. You know, th those are just special moments that you just – aren't going to forget and you know what they, they might not be the best match you ever have but they're down going to be memorable and like I said um, you and T.Y. won the match against Fandango what, yeah. what did that mean to you to get the W because it's one thing to be in the ring with Fandango it's another thing to beat Fandango <laughs> It is a whole other thing to beat Fandango. Again, it's just that feather in the cap that you can put in your hat at the end of the day. Um, it, and for, like, at the time, we didn't think much of it. It was kind of like a, a one-off partnership, but that eventually led us to becoming tag team champions uh, in just under a month later. So, I mean, being able to beat a guy of that caliber and rub it in Mars's face is just a fantastic feeling that he couldn't even beat us with Fandango on the side. So that was good. Now, uh, we've been talking a lot about the Reds. Um, Absolutely. Well-deserved. But before the Reds, there was Kid Cyrus. Can uh -huh, you, yes. Can you tell us about your tag team with Kid Cyrus? Uh, you know, that that tag team was just kind of thrown together back in, I think it was 2019 or so. Um, there was uh, me, Kid Cyrus, and Blake Cannon were all kind of vying for the provincial championship uh, in Monster Pro Wrestling. And I believe there was a, a triple threat match, which uh, which – was thrown out. It was deemed a no contest by Ben the ref, uh, one of his sillier decisions. But you know, uh, not not everybody can hit 100%, right? Um, but what came out of that was the fact that like Nasty Nate and Kato uh, attacked us, and they were part of the cat's meow. So uh, naturally, that led to a tag team match, uh, which we won. And then that led to us being entered into the Renegade Memorial Tag Team Tournament, which uh, culminated in a tables, ladders, and chairs match 
in which we won. And one of my favorite pictures I've ever had in wrestling is a picture of me holding that big ass Renegade Memorial Tag Team Championship on top of a ladder. Uh, so it wasn't necessarily a, a, a team that we were like, yeah, we're we're best friends and we're going to tag team. So very opposite to what the Rads kind of came from. This was very much like, hey, you have people you don't like. I have people I don't like. Let's beat them up together. And then we won the title. So obviously that kind of stuck out for a couple months. Um, but yeah, it was it was a very smooth tag team, I feel like. With my more technical and power wrestling, with his speed and high-flying wrestling, uh, we really were kind of a good mesh for what we did in, I think, the probably four-month run that we had. So uh, while it was short, it was memorable and kind of my first taste of tag team wrestling, which... I will say that those championships you held were somewhat um, comically large. <laughs> <laughs> Cafeteria esque is the best way to put it. Like you could, you could. Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, it's like you could bake a pizza on the LPW championships. On the MPW ones, you could you could cook a turkey on that thing. It's massive. <laughs> um. Now when. At that time, you had some um, interesting videos of you and Kid uh, working out. Uh, the one that was the most memorable was you two on um, the treadmill. Could you uh, tell us about those workout videos? <laughs> now that's a deep dive. Huh? I remember I shared those out not too long ago. But uh, yeah, those videos with Kid Cyrus. So like. It's very much in the idea of what I've done with Tales from the Undercard is like I've always kind of liked the the backstage skits in wrestling, right. and uh, and how much you can get away with that, and how much story you can tell in those backstage skits. So this was kind of my first little venture with it. I I, I told um, Kid Cyrus or uh, Dalton Rogue at now uh, that we should get together and do something that explains us coming together as a team. And that's kind of how the gym videos started. So that was actually a lot of fun to record and kind of put together. And I, I look back at those and I, I remember there was a video that AEW just did with uh, MJF and Adam Cole. Yeah. And uh, it felt very similar. So I was like, okay, this is kind of cool that, uh, that they're very similar ideas. Well, that, that was my next, um, you know, question was, um, you know, everything we've been talking about is heavily featured on um, your YouTube channel, uh, Tales from the Undercard. Um, yeah. Obviously, that was a precursor to this. Um, can you tell us about tales of the underclog because it did seem at the beginning it was kind of you know a little bit sketch uh, uh the backstage sketch which was mainly you and then as the seasons progress it does kind of seem like it becomes more of an ensemble no 
Well, yeah. So, like, I'll start off just with Tales from the Undercard, the start. So the the first kind of prequel to it was just me doing promos. And I want to do promos in a bit of a different way. So what I would do is I'd just record little promos to get my character over to kind of get people an understanding of who I am, what I'm about, and kind of the background to why I'm doing what I'm doing. So that was an important part of me, and I wanted to do things just a little bit differently than a lot of other people because, you know, uh, the, the big thing is, like, we're independent wrestlers. I'm in Alberta. I'm in Edmonton. A lot of the times when I cut a promo, it, it, nobody gives a crap who I am. So if I'm going to Saskatoon, it's my first time in Saskatoon, and I'm saying, like, guess what? Um, I'm coming to Saskatoon, and I'm going to kick your ass, so-and-so. They don't know me from the other person down the road. So what I wanted to do is make sure that I was promoting these events and these matches in a different way. So you can go back and watch kind of the old ones. Um, and, and even for some reason, one of the older ones that I, that I made by myself uh, is almost at 200 views. So obviously it's catching on with somebody that likes to rewatch it over and over again. But, um, but that's how it initially started. But, yeah, it started off as a way to just kind of get my character over. Uh, and then we had the match with me and T.Y. with Dango. And, you know, we cut just this small little, like, two, three-minute promo together. And, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. And I was like, okay, well, it doesn't have to just be me trying to get my character over. Why don't me and T.Y. get our characters over at the same time? And then it's like, okay, well, now that me and T.Y. are doing it, you know, it can't just be the two of us every single week. It needs to be a little bit more, you know, interactive with other people in the locker room and try to delve our story in a little bit more. So it slowly kind of started to include a couple more people and a couple more people. And, you know, at the time, especially when we first started Tales from the Air Card, we were doing a lot of outlandish stuff in wrestling. And what I mean by that is me and T.Y. did our variation of twin magic, which, which unfortunately didn't work. Uh, we tried to create a Parrish trap when we were fighting against Chris Parrish and Son of Irish. Yeah. Um, we interrupted a birthday party and proceeded to get cake all over ourselves, you know? So there's a lot of things that were going on in wrestling that just kind of lent itself a lot to the videos that we're doing and, and they were just fun it was fun to do we were getting good responses from people and the more that we kind of asked other people if they wanted to be involved with it the more other people wanted to be involved with it so it just kind of kept progressing and building and like nowadays nowadays i'll fully admit sometimes it's not exactly what i want it to be <laughs> I would like it to be a little bit more, you know, streamlined on the storyline. I think we've done better at that in recent weeks or recent episodes, I should say. But there's a lot of like one-off episodes that are hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like going back, like Rad's Giving is hilarious. Yeah. Um, Carney 101 is fantastic. The Book of Friendship is amazing. Like there's there's a ton of fun things that we were able to do um throughout this and, and even just getting some more well-known people onto the show you know recently having amir jordan and uh and jasmine allure on the show 
having Shark Boy featured on here, having John Morrison, James Storm, as you mentioned before, you know, all of those kind of people uh, kind of just pop in just very quickly for a lot of them. You know, they're busy people. They don't always want to, you know, uh, waste their time necessarily with the silly little YouTube show. But, you know, it's been so fantastic to have them on there. And it's just a cool little, again, feather in the cap. And it's also something you can look back on and say, like, hey, you know what? Like, I now have kind of this digital book of memories that me and my friends got to do together, you know, which is kind of cool because I don't think YouTube's going anywhere anytime soon. No. Um, no. Sorry, that was very long-winded. I'm a long-winded person. So. Oh, no, I, I actually love hearing about it. <laughs> um, was there any episode that was maybe, you know, a challenge to record or ran into some issues recording it or couldn't record for any reason? Um, we had, we had an episode recently that, uh, unfortunately, uh, the video that was supposed to be taken were, was two pictures. So what happened was somebody hit the button to hit record but it was on picture mode, so it just took a picture. And then when they hit cut, they hit picture again. So there's just two pictures, essentially. Oh. And uh, there, there just wasn't enough content to actually put the entire episode together and be able to ship it out. So that, that was a little disappointing. But uh, that kind of stuff happens. And, you know, out of the, what, like, I think almost two years, almost two years of doing this, like, that was the first time that's really ever happened. Usually we can cobble together a quick little episode we like to call those the loose episodes but that's fine by me it's less editing to do but when it comes to overall just like editing i would say um wrestler's court was by far the hardest wrestler's court and i think there was a yearbook one that we did too but honestly they they all have their own challenges to it whether it's different volumes on clips that we get whether it's getting actual like footage from people or you know you, you name you name the list like there's there's always going to be issues with editing and video production so now uh can you tell us about the yukon national anthem the yukon national anthem uh yeah so that that's my pride and joy right there uh the yukon national anthem was another one that unfortunately uh didn't get cut into the episode quite like I wanted it to. Um, so I had this big ladder plan that, you know, I would come out to the ring and say like, hey, it's supposed to be, I, I think it was like Alberta Day or something silly like that. And, uh, and play that anthem instead. But uh, unfortunately the show didn't have time for it. So that got cut. So I just had to add it on to the end of the episode. Um, but and I was planning on using it for Canada Day this year, and then I forgot. So <laughs> that's on me. But, uh, you know, there will be a time and place where this thing comes back up. A lot of people probably haven't even heard this. I don't even know what episode it's on. But, uh, but I highly recommend that they go fish it out and give us more views. So. Definitely uh, thought it was interesting, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the Yukon um, 
Canada would just be America. Yeah, <laughs> it, it absolutely. I, I fully stand by that. You know, if it wasn't for the Yukon and the gold rush, uh, Canada would have gotten bought up by the Americans and we'd all be part of the star-spangled banners, which, I mean, like, I guess there's nothing wrong with that, you being American and all, right? It would be easier to cross the border, I would say. Well, actually, you know what? If anything else, it would be much easier to get to get wrestling bookings in other places because yeah. it is freaking hard to get across that border as a Canadian. Um, who, who sang the song? Well, I did, of course. Impressive. <laughs> I have range, baby. I have range. I'm a performer. What can I say? And um, what's the reason you uh, got banned from the library? Okay, we don't talk about that, man. I thought this was a professional interview. Okay. I don't want to talk about the library and those asshole librarians that... That, you know what, personally, it's just a personal attack at this point. I gotcha. I didn't mean to offend. Thank you. Well, I, I accept your apology for now. Well, that brings us to our next segment. Rich King's Bizarre Adventure. You're a pro wrestler that goes up the <laughs> roads and weird, crazy, and bizarre things up down happen. Can you tell us a road story that fits that description? Sorry, can you repeat that? Can you tell us a weird road story that is weird, crazy, bizarre, and all fun? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say anything was like bizarre or funny or... Well, actually, uh, they're all funny. They're all great. Uh, they don't make for great stories because you kind of have to be there for a lot of them. Listening to like Shawn Michaels theme song, making up our own lyrics and whatnot, talking about wrestling cows and like how a wrestling cow would hit the ropes. Those are always fun times. Uh, probably the, the craziest road trip uh, that I've done personally was, uh, was a, a trip down to Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is a 15 hour drive from where I sit now. Wow. Um, so me and TY drove out to Winnipeg, 15 hours there. Um, and then had to basically immediately after the show turn around and drive to Calgary, which is an equal distance away from Winnipeg, uh, for another 15 hour, probably longer if you throw in a, a nap or two along the way. Uh, so there's about 35 hours on the road. And then, uh, then the drive back from Calgary to Edmonton which is about three to four hours, depending on how far you go. So in a span of about two days, we drove for about 30, 37 hours or so. Yeah. 37 out of 48 hours. So that was pretty crazy. That, that alone, it's, uh, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, that does not sound fun. <laughs> oh, it's a blast. Come up to Canada. Everything's far away from each other. It's great. <laughs> Fantastic. No. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't give you a better answer than that, but uh, nothing really stands out in my mind in terms of uh, crazy road trip stories. Oh, no worries. I, I mean, that's still uh, a good answer, I'd say. 
Uh, <laughs> that being said, was you at the Denny's incident? Uh, you might have to elaborate the Denny's incident. Um, T, uh, TJ Cannon maybe had ordered too much toast. Oh, I don't care about TJ Cannon, but I wasn't there. Okay. So no, I, I wasn't at the, the initial Denny's incident. Uh, I actually have a severe hatred for Denny's as well. Uh, their food is garbage and uh, it, it doesn't deserve business. My business, at least. Oh, strong uh, feelings for Denny's. <laughs> I, I got strong opinions about uh, their crappy pancakes. So, do you have a sense <laughs> on mayonnaise? On what? Sorry. On mayo, mayonnaise. On mayo, I I am neither for or against mayo necessarily. It's good on burgers or sandwiches in a very light style, but uh, people that abuse mayonnaise deserve to be, I don't know, schlocked or something. Okay, so T Y. Oh, TJ. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't remember TY just guzzling down. TJ, TJ. Mayonnaise. There's a good chance. But yeah, T, TJ deserves a good strapping. Couldn't agree what's, what's that Simpsons one? Yeah, deserves a. That's a wilt. That's a belton or something. It's a whooping. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Can you tell us about meeting Stan Lee? Meeting Stan Lee. Oh wow, that was uh, that was very interesting. Um, unfortunately, when I when I met Stan Lee, it was probably about a year before he passed away. So he was very very old. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's unfortunate to say, but one of the ways I describe it is very much. He seemed very. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna say it. Uh, he seemed very Muppet-like, uh, as if it wasn't necessarily him. But uh, I think he had been to so many like conventions and had met so many people, and it was very much like just another day in the office. There he was, just hanging out, uh, and people kind of coming and going, right, taking pictures with fans. It it probably wears pretty thin on you at that age, especially when you've been popular and famous for that long. So yeah. uh, it was super cool, super surreal to to meet him. Uh, but he barely said two words, uh, barely moved. And uh, but but I am grateful that I got to meet him, get a picture with him, uh, because comic books and, and specifically Marvel uh, and Spider-Man itself uh, were very influential in my younger years. And I still kind of keep up to date with a, a lot of the happenings in comics and uh, primarily the MCU there. So. So I was very grateful to meet him, but uh, I, I wish the interaction was a little bit. There, there was more of an interaction to speak about. Okay. I did get a sweet uh, autographed comic book at that expo, though. So. What'd you get signed? I, I forget the exact issue. I have it up in my bedroom right now, but uh, it's one of like the first fifty Spider-Man written, and he autographed that one. So it was pretty badass. That is really cool. I believe I had I had him sign um, the ten year anniversary Spider Man. Oh, cool! 
but there's like a lithograph of the Spider-Man, uh, the first, um, uh, the Amazing Fantasy picture, and it's like lithograph, mm. and he signed that. Ah, uh, yes. So, that was cool. <laughs> very, very cool indeed. Um, so I'm guessing you met him as well then. Yes, I did. Um, How was your experience? I mean, it was so bad. Um, he was a little bit younger, I would say, because it was maybe... Damn, how long ago was that? Like, maybe 10 years ago? More? Oh, okay. So, but yeah, he was... It was a very brief encounter, but I would say it was positive as well. Good, good. I'm glad. Um, can you tell us about RK Athletics? Um, well, to, to clear the air with you, uh, a lot of people have a common misconception that I actually run RK Athletics. I am but a sponsored athlete, uh, as Rich King. Oh. Um, but RK, RK Athletics is an amazing personal training company. It ran from uh, a very handsome fellow named Rich as well. Uh, that lives in Edmonton, um, supplies athletes with with quick, efficient, and uh, easy-to-manage fitness advice and workouts. So if you are in the Edmonton area, or even if you are from afar, there is online training available uh, for any of their fitness needs. And you are a sponsored athlete from them, correct? Sponsored athlete, that's right. Is there any maybe conflict of interest per se that they also sponsor uh, between two beards? And you know, you and Pluggo don't exactly get along. Nope, like, like I said, it's not me, it's not Rich King that runs the business. So, whatever Rich decides to do and sponsor and support is totally up to them. Um, me and Pluggo actually get along quite well now. But there were issues. Um, Rich made it very clear to me that despite those issues, he is still a sponsor. Um, but uh, but we have since buried the hatchet, although we do play each other in fantasy football this week. So we will put that to the test. All right. It's now time for the colossal question. Um, oh. They're making a movie about Rich King. Every movie oh, has a soundtrack. What would be the first three songs on the Rich King movie soundtrack? The Rich King movie soundtrack, you say? Yes. The first three? So so is this like a, a movie about my life? So like as it's starting as a child and then working our way up, or like how what what's the what's the premise, I guess? Because every song needs context. I mean, you're the producer of this movie. It can be, you know, just about your personal life. It could be about your wrestling life. It could start whenever you'd like it to. So, you know, however you'd like it, the movie to be formatted. Oh, well, that's even tougher because there, there needs to be context to the music. Are we looking at heartbreak? Are we looking at action? Are we looking at a coming-of-age moment, right? Like, I'm a big film buff, so I... Uh, these types of things always bug me. But, uh, oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot with that one, aren't you? A little bit. 
Well, first and foremost, always, uh, let's go, let's go Timber by Kesha. Okay. Call Me Maybe by uh, Carly, Lee, Carly Ray. Ray Jefferson. Yeah. And uh, let's go Escape with by Enrique Iglesias. Wow. This is going to be a very, like, teen-based movie. Okay. Well, I dig it. I like the, the very solid three picks, to say the least. Now that we've got the soundtrack down, as they know to get the soundtrack yeah. down, then you go to writing the script, and then you go to casting. Who plays Rich King, and you can't say your yourself because you are obligated to make a Stan Lee-esque camera. Ah, yes. The Stan Lee-style cameo, hey? Well, playing me, you have to be you have to be ruggedly handsome, you have to be humorous, you have to be very funny, you know, you have to be charismatic, so obvious answer is Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Ryan Reynolds as Rich King. We we look we look exactly the the same essentially. Yes. We get confused for each other all the time. Now, every movie has a supporting cast. Who would be three people in your movie, and who would play them? Oh, like the Rabs? Yeah, you could pick the Rabs. Okay. Who do we got here? We got Larry. Of course. Um, huh. I would, you know what? Like, I, I know on your podcast they said Jason Sudeikis, right? I believe so. Yeah, and that's a very, very good one. Um, but I'll go Charlie Day for, for Larry. Okay. His uh, Horrible Boss's co-star. Uh, Mitch would be played by Daniel Day-Lewis because he can be terrifying, but also, you know, make an impressive pizza, I assume. Yeah. A man of many talents. Um, then, while this isn't a one-of-one one kind of switch, would probably be like a Jason Siegel. I could definitely see but that. Like, but died like bleach blonde Jason Siegel. And then T.Y. T.Y. would be played by, like, by a young Chris Tucker. Okay. Like, back in Friday, Chris Tucker. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, boys. I hope you enjoy those. <laughs> I think, uh... I think everybody would be happy with that. Maybe not Larry, but um, yeah. It does sound like. Oh, and Spencer Love. Spencer Love can be played by Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> this is sounding like a fantastic movie. You can. Oh, and, and Mars. Mars the Specialist can be played by the baby of Seth Green and Carrot Top, amalgamated together. <laughs> But without any comedy involved, of course. Would you like to continue with the 
the rest of the love pro wrestling roster? Well, how much time do you have here? Okay, <laughs> we got uh, we got Jack Pride played by um, Jack Sparrow, not not necessarily uh, Johnny Depp, but the literal Jack Sparrow playing okay. his role. Uh, T.J. Cannon played by uh, Oscar the Grouch. Okay. I think that's always a good fitting uh, style. Um, Mr. Dress Up playing uh, Thaddeus Archer. Um, and that's all. Okay. Screw seven. Seven sucks. This sounds like a fantastic movie, and you can free order the tickets now. Yep. At RK underscore wrestling on all major social media platforms. There you go. Now, uh, this, except for TikTok, these are two. Um, these are two Canadian press exclusive questions. Um, oh, Canada, I, let's go! I believe you already answered this first one, but is Canada's greatest national treasure Ryan Reynolds? Uh, no, it's me, but yes, Ryan Reynolds is a close second. Okay. And poutine, where is the best place to get it? Oh, God, there's plenty of places you can get poutine. They're all kind of unique and different. Uh, one of my favorite places growing up was at the Tikini Hot Springs up in the Yukon. Uh, no longer in existence there, or at least you can't get uh, poutine there. But uh, that was probably my favorite. Just childhood memories, though. So you can get a good poutine anywhere. You just need, like, real cheese curds. Okay. Now on to a controversial subject. Pineapple on pizza. What's your stand? It can be good. Like, it's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, I wouldn't have it all the time, and it's not something I would go out of my way to have. But if somebody ordered a pineapple pizza and that was my option, yeah, I could do it. Okay, so not really pro, but not really anti-ego. No, exactly. It's Food is food, you know. I gotcha. What's your spirit Pokemon? My spirit what? What's your spirit Pokemon? The Pokemon you Oh, Pokemon. Oh, God. I only know, like, the first 150 Pokemon. Uh, let's see. Who we got here? That's the best. That's realistically yeah. the best ones. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Like, obviously, there's, like, Machamp, yeah. who looks exactly like me, who is modeled after me, realistically. Um, so, spirit one, sorry. Not, not, like, my favorite one. I mean, it could be your favorite, or just the one you identify the most with. The one I identify the most with. Well, you know, there's like Mewtwo, who's the most powerful one, like me, kind of just the most powerful man. Um, I always like Kabutops. That was always a fun one. Gyarados is always good. You know what? I'll probably say like Primeape. Because he's like super, he's super strong, but like always mad. I got you. And I have a little bit of a temper, so I guess that's kind of me, from what I've been told. Okay. Now, uh, we love 
the late great Tracy Smothers on the show. Do you know the acronym for THUG? T-H-U-G. Sorry, I missed all of that. Can you oh. repeat that? Yes. We love the late great Tracy Smothers on the show. Do you know the acronym for THUG? T-H-U-G. I'll be honest with you. I don't know Tracy Smothers. Okay, then. <laughs> well, T is for terrible, H is for hell, U is for ugly, and G is for jail, because a dog can't spell. Ah, well, neither can Rich King, so. Yes. We love the late, great Tracy Smothers. Um, definitely worth a Google if you're interested. Yeah, I just, I just looked him up. Okay. Uh, I'll have to watch some stuff here. Where is Creston you'll be asked on a wrestling interview? Would you ever consider wrestling a rock? Not Dwayne Johnson, not the country, an actual physical rock. Would I wrestle a rock? Yes. I mean, it depends on the payout, to be honest. Because if the payout is quite well, is quite substantial, I'll work that rock until the cow comes home. But if we're talking like, hey, you get $5 and a hot dog to wrestle this rock in front of 12 people in the middle of Saskatchewan where there's nobody, I don't think it would be worth it, man. Okay. I think the rock might be, I think that rock might be a little stiff to work, to be honest. Might not necessarily work with you. Might leave you a couple of bumps and bruises, so I would say I probably need a little bit of uh, cash money incentive. Well, just for context, there is this wrestler named Psycho Mike that wrestled an actual rock for over 15 minutes in what was dubbed a tungsten man match. That's an arm man match that lasts for two weeks. I feel sorry for that man. Yeah. I, I feel sorry for that rock, actually, <laughs> for having to deal with a man like that. But, I mean, good for him for doing something weird. Uh, everybody, like, there's a lot of people that do much weirder stuff for much less, so. Well, I mean, you don't have to feel that bad for the rock because he was the champion and he retained. So, um, you know, he, he walked away with something or stood there or whatever rocks do. I question my life and all my choices to get into professional wrestling just based off of that. Okay. You've now made me want to retire. <laughs> On a more serious note, where do you see yourself in five years? Five years from now, what year, how old would I be? I see myself being retired in five years. Hmm, really? Yeah. Um, at a certain point, uh, like, I, I don't want to be the guy who's, like, 40 wrestling in the independence, unfortunately. Uh, I know that my time in wrestling is quite limited. I know that I can only make it so far. But, uh, but I'm going to have as much fun in the next couple of years as I can. 
and I'm going to make as many memories as I can, and I'm going to make sure that uh, there's no regrets left behind. So uh, once I'm done wrestling, I won't be out of the wrestling business. In fact, I, I would love to be coaching or producing or help helping wrestling in some shape or form. But uh, I can see myself in the next five years hanging up the boots and, and moving on in my uh, professional career. Unless I get signed. So if uh, WWE or AEW are listening, you know, and I want to make sure I don't retire too early, they can send me a little contract. All right. If anybody from WWE or AEW is listening, give this man a contract. Oh. Yep. For the people, you know. What's a match people should go out of their way to see that best shows off what Rich King is all about? Oh, that's a great question. Um, the unfortunate part is there's a lot of singles matches that didn't make it to, to film that I wish I had. Um, but there there's been quite a few, actually, if you don't mind me recommending a couple. Yeah, there is. Um, for, like, an old context, I'll say uh, there was a match with uh, me, Lumberjack Larry, and Mitch Clark in, in a triple threat match for uh, Monster Pro Wrestling. Uh, that was one of my favorite – that was one of my favorite matches of my early times in, in wrestling. Uh, there's another match between me and T.Y. Jackson from MPW for the Provincial Championship. That one was also a lot of fun. Uh, more recently, I would say um, there's a six-man match between uh, me, Lumberjack Larry, and uh, T.Y. Jackson against State of Emergency and Mark. Great talents, great, uh, great match there. Uh, and then recently, I had a really fun match against uh, Nasty Nate Nixon. Uh, in a small town called Bashaw. We had about 300 people out there. But uh, it was one of the, the most, one of the f more fun matches I've had. So uh, if anybody that's listening to this is looking for the links to any of these matches, you can actually go to the Tales from the Undercard um, YouTube page and under playlists, there's actually matches featuring each one of us. So you can find T.Y. Jackson matches, Rad's matches, Lumberjack Larry, Rich King, Mitch Clark, uh, you can find all of our matches just that are featured at least publicly on YouTube on each of these uh, on each of these accounts. So it makes it nice and convenient for people to check out any one of the matches. Awesome. And um, I will put that um, I'll put the whole playlist in the description of the video below but on YouTube and Casper. For anybody that hasn't seen those matches, wants to see those matches, wants to re-see them, those matches after this interview. Yeah. And since we are nearing the conclusion of this interview, we are wrestling with the eight questions of This is our speed round. All right. Round, the round where we see who you really are. Are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. Excluding yourself, greatest wrestler of all time. In ring or or, or what? Um, what, what? In general, greatest wrestler. Greatest wrestler, Stone Stone Cold Steve Austin, greatest wrestler of all time. Worst wrestler. Worst wrestler. Oh God, uh, I always hated JBL. 
your main event in WrestleMania? I don't think I don't think he's the worst. I know that he did really good, but uh, but just never liked the guy. Hey, you're no complaints from me. Your main event in WrestleMania for the World Championship. Who is your opponent? One of the rods, man. How about just make it a, a four-way? Make it a four-way. McMahon in every corner, though. Okay, that beg, begs another question. Who's in which king's corner? <laughs> uh, let's go Vince. Okay. No one's going no to beat Vince. If you could come out to anyone's entrance music, past or present, who would it be? Uh, I would love to come out Stone Cold. I'd love to come out for the Rocks. But man, Triple H had a hell of a freaking entrance and just doing the, the water gimmick. That would be uh, that would be life complete right there. Which one? Which one? Yeah. Which um, one? He's on a couple. I mean, I mean, the game is always a good one by Motorhead, but I would say the one right before the game, the one by Jim Johnson. My time. Um, my time. Yeah. Oh, what a banger! Okay. Triple H has hand. Triple H is one of the best libraries of uh, entrance music. It's phenomenal. Finish the sentence. K Fabe is D E A D. It's dead. No one cares anymore. Everybody knows that people are real human beings, unfortunately. We would have also accepted taste great on toast. Squash. Alright, what did you say? We did you say K Fabe or Yes, K Fabe. It also tastes great on toast. Squash. All right. <laughs> Squash. Vegetable or fruit? Where is Squash grown again? Uh, that is a... Well, I think it's a fruit, surprisingly. And you would be correct. It is indeed a fruit. Fuck yeah. Uh, tomato logic, it has seeds. Ah, yeah, okay. Nailed it. New Japan wrestler Tai Chi, his ring yoke gets smaller every year, revealing more himself to the world. My question, what is the appropriate trunks to butt cheek ratio for ring yoke? <laughs> can, can you repeat this? Uh, I heard the last part, but I want to hear the start again. New Japan wrestler Tai Chi, his ring gear gets smaller every year, revealing more of himself to the world. My question, what is the appropriate trunks to butt cheek ratio for ring gear? Oh, just just very tiny bits, you know, you, you just got to tease people with a, with a little bit of that, that butt. So like 10 you know, girls like the girls like staring at the butt. So like I would say like five percent. So just a little bit, so people just kind of like stare like tease, but they don't quite get it. Okay. And the last question, the main event, the thing everybody wants to know: Have you ever had a conversation with a stranger in a supermarket about? Darby Allen. Fuck no. I don't talk to strangers. 
I don't talk about Darby Allen, <laughs> especially in the grocery store. So that's the no for me, dog. And there's the correct answer. Fantastic. That will conclude this interview. Thank you so much, Rich, for coming <laughs> and doing this with me. No, thank you, Wrestling With Entertainment. And once again, where can we find all things Rich King on social media? You can find all things Rich King and the R to the A to the D to the tiny Z, the rats, on all my social media platforms. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter at RK underscore wrestling. And you can find the greatest wrestling television online production about Alberta wrestlers, Tales from the Undercard at Tales from the Undercard on YouTube. Check it out. Make sure that you give it a subscribe, like the videos, and leave a comment on your favorite parts because, damn, we need some interaction to make some of that sweet, sweet YouTube money. And uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, correct? Oh, yeah, I'm on Pro Wrestling Tees. You're damn right. Uh, at, under, at RK underscore wrestling. You can find it on there as well. And that's the exclusive place where you can find a Rads T-shirt now. We sold out of all the physical ones. So if you want to represent the greatest group in wrestling today, the Rads, you can find it on Pro Wrestling Tees, and we've made it as cheap as possible so as many people can rep us as possible. I noticed that you have that foam finger. Those aren't available online, are they? Unfortunately not. They're available at shows only. So if you want one of those and come get one of the the uh, touch my tip foam fingers you gotta come to a show yeah okay you um, gotta make the trip up man um love wrestling it's gonna be worth it you know it's definitely a bucket list item at this point to get up there for a, a show but you know america canada just traveling in general that's ah, not that just, bad just not something i do but, um, it's fine. Time to time to check that bucket list off, baby. Let's go. I definitely have to take a uh, trip up there for sure. Um, until then, um, you don't have to type anything into your Google machine. All of the links to all the social media, YouTube page, merchandise will be in the description of the video below, but on YouTube and Castbox. Um, simply click the link and you have a here on whatever device you are on. Um, you have no excuse. Buy a damn short. Get it going. Of course, thank you for listening. If you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, comment. But on YouTube and Castbox, this was sponsored by Red Energy and Fairland Coffee. Join us tomorrow as we interview Ken Powers. And uh, listen to us every Tuesday and Wednesday for new incredible interviews. Um, follow the show at Wrestling with E on Twitter and Instagram for information on who we're interviewing, when we're interviewing them, links to those interviews, and so much more. Follow me personally at JamesJ993. Alright, Rich, when I say wrestling with, you say entertainment. Okay? Yes, sir. For our special guest, Rich King, Coleco Yacht, Scooter Dust. I'm James J, and this has been Wrestling With Entertainment. Hey, folks, this is the Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. 
Enjoy the show. Support these guys. We appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.